Bienvenidos a Movie Mastery. It's me, your host, John, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Hi there. We just watched a movie in theaters that you voted for on our website, and this month's winner was Dora the Explorer, The City of Gold? Yeah, The Lost City of Gold or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I made a mistake at first and accidentally watched the first five episodes of DuckTales. <laughs> That's a weird thing. I know. For I, you to have done. I apologize. I'll be reviewing those instead. <laughs> Don't do that. Gold. Gold. <laughs> yeah. Quackaroony. Ah, uh, Quackaroony. They said Quackaroony a lot in the first season of DuckTales. That's strange. Yeah, that was that usual, like, go-to exclamation. Yeah. It'd be like, oh, Quackaroony. There's a big boulder. <laughs> uh, see, now normally in a cartoon where they do something like that, it's supposed to be like a side replacement for some other thing. Oh, yeah, like your noisy tots and, and so on from Pirates of Dark Water. It's just in my mind I'm trying to figure out, like... <laughs> Is, do they know someone that swears with like fuck a Rooney, <laughs> hot fuckity damn? I think is what it was supposed to be. <laughs> anyway, we went and saw Dora the Explorer, and <sighs> in conclusion, <laughs> Dora is a land of contrasts. So if you like a lot of like good character actors that are doing good character actor stuff and kind of the margins and background, then this will give you a lot of uh, uh, Michael Pena. Now, that's, so that's nice. I'm going to say, no spoilers, we'll get into that later, but this feels like a very weird choice for Nickelodeon. It does. Because the way this movie is set up, I just keep feeling like, who is this for? Because it's not for kids that the cartoon would be for, because those are five-year-olds, and this is not a movie for five-year-olds. When, when was the last time a Dora episode was new? And and that's what I'm thinking, like, oh, is this for, like, kids that grew up with it and now they're older? And they want a cooler Dora who goes to high school? They're like, ooh, I want, like, an 18-year-old Dora that's, like, mildly fuckable. <laughs> like, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> and it just seems like that's a weird thing to want. Yeah, it feels kind of like it's built around the high school musical crowd of, like, you know, charmingly attra- attractive teenagers that sing songs. Yeah, it's... It's strange. It's it's a very weird movie. You can tell, like, I was in a completely empty theater. I don't know about you. Uh, no, I had people in front and behind me, Oof. although the rest of the theater was basically oh, empty. Just, you were just in a little pod with your friends. Yeah, I was just the meat in the sandwich of a group with a bunch of little kids and then two, like, senior citizens in front of me. Nice. And I was just like, okay, sure, why not? I want to hear the story of the old people. I, oh, it's it's just this time of day. What's the movie? Yeah, I, I they did not have reactions to the movie. Mm, okay, it was just kind of like we're here. Well, my theater report is I was alone in there, and I tr- I tried to get when I bought tickets. There were like six or seven other people who were who had bought tickets, so that I couldn't buy those seats. You know? Yeah, not there. I was alone in the theater. Nice completely it, it was a weird experience to have that lady come in and do like the head count <laughs> and oh, let's get up yep. all who's, right who's seeing dora the explorer ah one 40 year old man 
checks out. Uh, yeah, no, when I was walking into the theater, the like mom with her two kids was going in right in front of me, mm-hmm. and she, like mom didn't seem to care, but one of the kids looked back at me like, "What are you doing here, man? What are you? What's going on? Get out of here, buddy. These are your salad days. <laughs> Go run through a field of daisies." Uh, I will. I'll also say it seems like a weird movie for who this is for because it also tends to sort of make fun of the source material it does it's got a lot of meta jokes in it a ton of meta jokes oh I mean, yeah but ultimately that's because what else do you have if you're trying to harness a dora, a dora property well yeah the problem is you look at it and you go all right well you could just make a cartoon version of dora and have like an hour and a half long cartoon version of one of the TV episodes. Uh-huh. Sure. But with this, they were like, oh, we're going to try and go for, like, the weird semi-realistic version of Dora. Which I think is going to end up being most of the discussion that we're going to have today is... Is, is they, the what- fact that this is... Dora the Explorer in magical realism. Yeah, well, there's some magical realism and some and, and some jokes about how magical the show was, and it's just a weird mix. It is. It is very weird. You can skip this in theaters. Why don't we just? Why don't we skip to that? You don't need to go see this in theaters. You, if you're upset, you wait for wait for Netflix or whatever. It's fine. I mean, it's it's charming enough, even as someone who never watched an episode but knows. Way too much about Dora just from the zeitgeist. Sure, there's a lot of osmosis for Zora. For Zora? Zora. I've said Dorna and Zora so far. In case Good. You were, in case you were curious how much I cared about this property or this film. Uh, but yeah, it was... It was interesting. I'll mm. say that. It kept my attention. Yeah, that's fair. So, I guess what I'm trying to say here is... In summation. <laughs> it's that... Is that uh, what you're trying to say here? No. Oh, okay. No, I'm not. Oh, well, then maybe we'll see people after the break. Yeah, we're going to play a little music. We'll be back with a full spoilery review of Dora the Explorer, The Lost City of Gold. A land of contrasts. We got to find a paw print. That's the first clue. We put it in a notebook. And now what do we do? Blues, 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 blues. We gotta find another paw print. That's the second clue. We put it in a notebook. Now what do we do? Welcome back, my good and faithful listeners. It's time to really get into the absolute weird decisions that they have made with Dora the Explorer. Sure. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Uh, okay, well, we might as well start with how the movie begins, which is pretty much a six-year-old Dora and her eight-year-old cousin, Diego. And the movie starts being pretty much a literal live-action translation of the show. Yes. So Diego and Dora are both running around. They're the same age as in the show. Yeah, they're swinging from vines. They're, like, riding in a Jeep. Yeah, there's a monkey and a backpack that talks and a map that talks and, uh-huh. a, and a little jaguar. All the stuff you were expecting from Dora the Explorer and Diego the... Uh, cousin. Cousin. <laughs> cousin he Diego. He had his own show and stuff. He, he was like an animal doctor or something. <laughs> yeah, sure. That That's great. Yeah. He had more interest in animals and less in whatever the fuck Dora did. Looking around at They're, stuff? I guess, yeah. they were. They, but they both had shows. That's weird. Yeah. I'd never heard of that. Shared universe. Huh. 
Uh, so, but anyway, the two of them are just running around and having their fun adventure. And then we immediately, you know, do the cut to, oh, they're just sitting in a pretend Jeep. Yeah. They're in a little cardboard box that's drawn on to look like the front of a Jeep. And they're just having play pretend adventures. And when you get to that point, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. You're going to try and do a realistic version of Dora. So instead, yeah, well, yeah, but that's the thing is when you cut from, a literal translation of the show to this, you're like, oh, I get it. You don't want to do the whole, like, yeah, we're, we're lampshading it. We're, yeah. We start with three, with three minutes of action, of what a live action full magical realism Dora would look like, and then we lampshade it into, oh no, it's just the real world. Don't worry about it, everybody. But here's a weird CGI monkey that she still hangs around with anyway. Yeah, no, that was the very first thing that got me. Is I go, oh, they're gonna try and do a realism thing, and then immediately they're like, no, there's a CGI monkey that's purple with a yellow belly and you're like oh okay you've you've decided not to do that then now technically boots in the film is is far more intelligence than a monkey would be and also far more upright they've basically given him a human frame which is just creepy when you look at it yeah as a cgia instead of it being like oh we tried to make a like realistic capuchin monkey or whatever mm-hmm. and then like changed its coloration it's just a weird live actionish oh, version of a cartoon it's not cool it is not and then you know her parents come out and they're like whoa hey don't we, we talked about putting boots on the actual monkey boots don't you can't it's just a monkey you're not allowed to do that no human clothes on a monkey that would be ridiculous that's a wild animal the weirdest one there's ever been <laughs> no one is going to remark on the fact that this monkey is weird yeah um, but that's not even the act like the peak of shit that's weird that no one bothers to mention i mean we're gonna get to that late much much later in the movie but yeah uh anyway it's just a realistic story about a woman a little girl whose parents live in a robinson crusoe style jungle castle i Uh, mean they've got a weird cabin out in the jungle which okay sure whatever i I guess i mean it's she sleeps literally on a dock over a lake yeah their house is fancy And they make a big point about how they aren't in it for the money and they don't really have any money. They just live in a huge mansion-y thing, a big jungle mansion in a lake, uh, on a lake. Now, to be fair, they say they're not in it for the money. They don't say they don't have money. That is true. It could be that they were already rich and that this is just their uh, their Yeah, they're like, we're the, plan. <laughs> we are the idle rich and our joy is to go around and look at weird things. It's uh, Ava Longoria and Michael Pena, by the way, uh, are playing her parents. Yes. Um, now... We find out that Diego is going to have to leave. This is his last day there. Mm -hmm. He's going to the city with his parents because they found a specific job to do there. Yeah. And it's weird. They keep mentioning the city. And they're Mm. often like Guadazuela or what, you know, one of those. They're in South America. Where? South America. And and city. I kept thinking they must mean like Mexico City or Lima or. or Oh, yeah. Because they were like the city. And I went, oh, that's got to be whatever the big city is near where they are. It's Hollywood. Yeah. What? And also in the scene where they drive, where they fly there on a cartoon map, fuck you, Hollywood isn't that far south in California. <laughs> it's like the first thing once you cross the border. Uh, Eat a dick. Don't erase San Diego. We're, we exist, goddammit. Goddammit. So we get them together. They're having a last family meal. And of course, it's time to lampshade the show again as Dora takes a bite of the meal and is like, hmm, delicioso. Can you say delicioso? And of course, everyone just looks at her as she is looking off into the distance like, 
What are you? What are you doing? Good Say job. delicioso. Say delicioso. And and uh, her dad's like, well, we've we've agreed not to encourage this. She's or- a she's a kid. She'll grow out of it. Yeah. And then they have a scene where they where Diego and Dora have a heartfelt discussion late at night in their beds on the lake, uh, where they break a candy bar in half and agree that they'll always be friends. Yeah. And so Diego goes off to go live in the city and we cut to 10 years later and Dora's now just free running through the jungle. Yeah, I think she's supposed to be 16 or 17 years old. Uh, I believe she's supposed to be 18, actually. Which would make it very weird that her two years, two years older brother Diego is still in high school. It which, is. Which is why I think she's supposed to be 16 or 17. It's very weird. <laughs> The, Maybe he was terrible. It's possible. He certainly doesn't seem to be enjoying himself in any way. No. Diego basically has to take on the high school. Because this, let's get right. Well, I mean, we can come back to this. But this is a, a lot of this movie is about high school shit. And Diego is, is that general person at the beginning of any high school movie that has to be like, here's the clicks. Here's how it all works. Everything sucks. You have no happiness in high, in high school. Uh, everyone has to just look out for number one. It's a crappy world. I'm like, dude, you're like a skinny, hot soccer player. What are you, t- what are you complaining about? Yeah, no, if it was like someone like me going, hey, high school sucks and everything's terrible about it. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, my dude, there's no way you're not popular. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, but you're popular. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, that's just the break. Anyway, adult-ish Dora is now, well, teenager Dora, is running around the jungle uh, having adventures the same as she always has. Yeah. Uh, She still has Boots with her. Boots does not age in the film. No. Uh, Ten years later, Boots is exactly the same. uh Uh-huh. Still a creepy CGI and what's it. Uh, and, and also, she has not changed in any way, which is kind of a theme of the film. She's still like, oh, look, a golden poison frog. Can you say severe neurotoxicity? Yeah, which, okay, I get it. I understand. At least when it was doing this scene, she had like a little GoPro camera, and I went, oh, that's actually a really interesting twist on it in that you know, when she's saying that, she's actually saying it to a camera like as if she was doing it for a YouTube show. Yeah, she's like vlogging or something. Yeah, so. that would be a way that I'd go, oh, okay, when you age Dora up, instead of it being like, I'm having to get kids to say things, she's talking to an audience of, like, her y- viewers, but never she, happens again. she <laughs> never uses the camera again, never uploads it to anything, and it's just sort of a weird thing that she has the camera at all. Also, she drops this conceit of talking to the middle distance after this one line. Yes, indeed. That's the last time she does it in the movie. Yeah, they, we, they, 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 they it lampshade it, it twice? Yeah. They Immediately. Use, they use shorthand to indicate that nothing's changed and then change everything. The, <laughs> the thing about Dora in this movie that I actually really loved was the fact that she was like no i'm basically a hyper positive toddler that's now in a teenager body that's just like i am just completely happy i am very outgoing and just like yes it's good times time to have adventure yeah I mean, eventually, she's, you, you kind of hope that she's going to kind of get with the program of the way the other kids act a little bit, but instead they pull the, no, this is just who I am, and people need to adapt to me message move, um, which is interesting. Well, I'm, I'm down for it, because honestly, I would love to have more people be like, no, I'm just relentlessly positive about things, and you cannot bring me down. Yeah. 
Anyway, she's running around the jungle, and then, oh, by the way, there's a whole thing set up where her and her parents have always looked for a secret, mysterious uh, Incan temple called Parapata, the lost city of gold. Yeah. And then she thinks she's found something that'll link to it. She goes into some cave, finds a weird little gold monkey statue, Mm -hmm. and she goes to jump over this little chasm. If you've seen the trailer, it's in that. Uh, fails to make the jump and has to be rescued by her parents. Yes, and that's the last straw. It's time for you to go to military school. <laughs> that's right. That was a bad jump, so you can't live with us anymore is effectively the message here. Yeah, they're like, look, we've <laughs> essentially found the city that we were looking for. Parapatra is over here, and we're going to go explore that, but you're not allowed to come with us because you've just proven that you aren't ready. Too bad at jumping. <laughs> you don't have mad hops You're- so you cannot come with us <laughs> your jump chops aren't where we need them look you need to go to the city and learn how to get some ups before you can be an explorer you need to study under your grandmother she was princess peach in super mario 2 <laughs> so they're gonna send her off to the city she is less than pleased about that but deeply upset you know because she's ready to go with them too she's an explorer not a treasure hunter just like them indeed so this to her is a betrayal uh she's not happy about this whole going to the city thing she's uh, like a lot of movies about a, a kid who grows up in the middle of nowhere or tv shows about a kid who grows up in the middle of nowhere by herself uh she does not want to go make friends in the big city she wants to keep living with a monkey well yeah she's like i don't i don't know how to make friends i'm not gonna know what i'm supposed to do i'm always just i'm happy being here alone and mm-hmm. fucking around in the jungle but too bad who cares mm-hmm. we know you have never socialized with anyone outside of your cousin and that was 10 years ago so uh here you just get to go to high school yep and you have to leave this monkey alone at the house yeah no monkeys in la yeah uh and then they give her the talk uh, before they ra- before they leave, which boils down to a bunch of jokes about raves, which weird. It, felt, a, v- it felt very flat, a very weird thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Michael Pena doing some shtick. Yeah. Like, that's a thing that I'll enjoy. Yeah. But, but the two, they were like, things are going to happen when you're there. People are going to ask you to go to raves. <laughs> and there are people there called ravers. Mm hmm. And I'm just looking at it going, this is a weird thing for them to put in here. I guess I understand it as a touchstone for your parents are out of touch. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, the last time your parents were in an actual civilization, like candy ravers were still a thing. Yeah, that's that's probably supposed to be what the setup is. But since we don't get any other confirmation of that throughout the course of the film, there's never a point where, where her parents are like, we're wildly out of touch and still think it's the mid-90s. Yeah, they're like, oh, have you had fun in the city? Have you been, I don't know, listening to various Backstreet's boys? How do you feel about the comedy stylings of Real Big Fish? <laughs> the comedy stylings of Real Big Fish? Yeah, they also did comedy. I don't know if that comes up very often. <laughs> but uh, They were also an improv troupe. <laughs> How great would it be to go to some college and they're like, hello, we're Real Big Fish, the improv troupe. And you're like, oh, god damn it. You sons of bitches. You got me. You fucking got me. I mean, I would now I kind of want to start that. Right? Just start up some improv troupe, but with a band name so you can sell tickets for it. Yeah. And people show up. They're like, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. I can't believe you're still touring. Oh, 
No, no, no. I need a suggestion from the audience. Get fucked. (laughs) Maybe after the show. (laughs) Thank you. We've been real big fish. (laughs) The improv troupe. So she heads out and we get some uh, nonsense with her in the airport not really knowing what to do, just saying hi to everyone. And yeah, she sh- she tries to introduce herself to every single person ever. Uh, and then she meets her family, uh, her uncle and aunt, who are not characters who appear in this film. <laughs> nope. Uh, Diego is there, and Diego is like as as mentioned before, he is he's the one who left the movie the the reality of the door of the Explorer universe too early, and so he's forgotten all of this. Yeah, and he's he's as surprised at her weird behavior as everyone else. It's very weird to me because later on in the movie we get a point where he's like, "Look, I never forgot about you know our time in the jungle. You were my best friend, whatever." But when he first sees her, it's not even like he has the excuse of later in the film when he's at school and he's like, oh, I don't want to be embarrassed in front of, you know, my friends and peers. Mm -hmm. He's just at the airport, but he's like, oh, you're so weird. So Diego is almost definitely the most disappointing character in this film. He has no business that's relevant. He doesn't really do it. When they introduce the gang of four kids that are going to be going on the madcap adventure towards the end, he's in there because he's her cousin. And that's well, yeah. it. He sucks. He he just really doesn't have a through line. Like Dora obviously has a lot of character and interactions with people and mm-hmm. I mean honestly uh the person they got to be Dora is very good in this film, I would say. Yeah. She does a great job of being that sort of like childlike wonder at everything. Yeah. But you have a couple people we will meet when they go to high school, one of which is sort of a just white nerd that has no friends. Well, yeah, it's it's kind of amusing because they're like, well, you have to go through and meet the people of high school. All right, here's the two. Oh, what do you know? They're the two that go on an adventure with us later. Yeah, it's here's here's a big nerd. And then here is the class president slash like leader of whatever but, volleyball or something but and no one likes her because she's carved out a niche of being the person who's like the smartest in school and and the, and the class yeah. president and shit yeah, like that. she's she's the one who's like oh i'm better than everybody yes and so those are the only people she meets mm-hmm. outside of one recurring jerk yeah. there is one character that will show up about four times just say one line about being like oh you're dorka and that's it. Yeah. Uh, she gets stopped at the way into school because the school has a security checkpoint. And wouldn't you know it, her backpack is stuffed with a variety of deadly jungle things. <laughs> deadly jungle uh, except things. Except it isn't. It's just it's all stuff like flares and a tent. And- See, I get the the flare thing. But when it was like, oh, I've got like a little tent. Uh, and- the hammock was the one where I was like. You why, can't, why can't you bring a hammock into school? Why do you give a shit if a kid has a hammock? And he's like parading it in front of her like she took a dump on a napkin or magazine. He's like, you did this. And she's like, you have this thing. Yeah, that's a that's a portable hammock. That's a little tiny generator. You're like, okay, what are you, go- you going to be like? Oh, no, you can't have this. Yeah, it was a weird moment. Uh, then she goes, it turns out that she's very good at school because... Uh, well, luckily for her, all the questions that are asked in school are questions that are relevant to her homeschooling. Yeah. I don't mean, I get that she was homeschooled by two professors. Mm-hmm. So 
presumably in this they're like oh yeah they they wanted to teach her a whole bunch and they're super interested in all sorts of things yeah, they aren't professors of anything in particular they're, they're prof- just professors they're professors of professorology yeah and therefore they know all this crap exactly i mean the first question that she gets asked is about moby dick and i'm like that's weird because it's not like your parents are literature professors they're out there exploring stuff yeah like if your first question was about oh let's say zoology yeah i would understand you standing up and being like i know way too much about this also as a shorthand this is a really funny moment because they're all in class together and the question is just which one of you wants to tell me about moby dick yeah it's just like what kind of fucking assignment is that the question of who is moby dick and what is its significance yeah you're like that's a pretty broad question you got there. Who is Moby Dick? Are we putting it in a remedial English class? With well, again, are you expecting someone to raise their hand and be like, "Is Moby Dick the ship?" Yeah, what, what, it's, a, it's a bad question. Uh, and again, just to make this clear, Diego is in this class. Yes, she's in a class with her two-year older brother, and they never mention this cousin. Age, cousin. They never mention this age disparity. No, he's going to be on the same like field trip in the same classes Mm -hmm. i have to imagine that when he came over from the jungle they probably held him back a little bit it could be and it could because i assume his parents weren't like professors of professorology so he didn't quite get the same education in the jungle that dora did it could either be that they didn't hold him back but they just put him into the grade he was in but they had to test dora because she had never attended any kind of school and she tested at the senior level and so was treated as a senior and stuck in there I think it's far more likely that they held a student back for having lived in the jungle. I guess. I sure. Why not? Uh, but I mean, because he was only like eight when he left the jungle. How much? How much holding back are they doing? Oh, they're holding him back, and then they don't hold her back at all. No. When she gets there, they're just like, ah, yeah, fine. You're a soft meanier or whatever. You're you're in the same grade as your brother. Don't worry about it. <laughs> for narrative convenience, I want you to cousin. I want you to not worry about this. Look, you are in high school, and high school is a nebulous blob of students that are in no way separated they're all together except that if you met two of them earlier they're going to be in your classes look if you happen to run into two people while you were at this school they will definitely be everywhere you are mm-hmm. i don't even remember wally is the name of the nerd and i don't remember the other character uh name. sammy is, is, is the sammy? okay uh class president all right so yeah and they're boring sammy is type very type a and very anxious and uptight wally is just every kind of nerd stereotype yeah he's smart but not smarter than sammy or dora because it's important that they be the smart ones Mm -hmm. he is nerdy but not in a way that you would know because he doesn't reference anything that he does he just kind of generically plays video games yeah and he he also is sort of tragic in that it's like, oh, we get his backstory of he was left at the public pool a lot and would pretend to drown for attention. Yeah, he gets a, a weird backstory, uh, and also he is the, the the school bully magnet. Yeah. And there you have it. That's the full story. Although he doesn't seem to be bothered by that in the slightest. No. So he's an interesting character, but not very. <sighs> anyway. We so can, they're going to... There's a school dance. There's There's stuff, and... Things are bad, and she gets made fun of. The actual the, end. the actual thing is going to be 
when they go on a field trip and the four of them are in a scavenger hunt together. What? You're trying to skip over the school dance, John, and I will not brook that, sir, because the part where she comes out dressed as the fucking sun and does, I know how to do dance moves. This is the peacock and so on is ridiculous. Like, I know she's <laughs> ultra positive, but she's smart enough to read a fucking room. I don't know, because at this point, she hasn't really socialized with anyone and if she does go like oh yeah these are dance moves and i don't understand the idea that people would hate me for dancing mm-hmm. like that's the kind of thing where i can understand that why is everyone calling me dorka i am just enjoying doing dances that vaguely look like bad animals I- again i want to be rewarded throughout the course of this film for being a preschool person <laughs> that's my cousin right there yell at him as well <laughs> And then they have the 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 bad moment where he's like, "You're such a weirdo. It's hard enough for me. Uh, high school is just the worst, and I can barely survive. And now you, Bleh. yeah. So that's all very important. But she's dressed as the sun because it's a come as your favorite star party. Yeah, and I do at least enjoy that our uh, pasty nerd just has a hydrogen shirt on. Well, yeah, the movie kind of vaguely sets the two of them up. <laughs> And then doesn't pay it off in any way. I loved that it was very clearly obvious yeah. that he was into Dora, mm-hmm. and there is nowhere that it goes. Yeah, it has, because she's, she's, I mean, I don't want to be mean to Dora, but she, but for all her outgoingness, <laughs> she is obliviously self-centered. Yes. Um, okay, so, yeah, they have to go to a school field trip to the Natural History Museum, which led to one of my a- angriest moments. In the, just like I was kind of angry about the Moby Dick question, uh-huh. there's this part where they're like, all right, I want you to team up into groups of four and go on a scavenger hunt. And the first thing is, find the oldest thing in the museum that you can. And they're like, hmm, maybe we could find something from ancient Egypt. That's pretty old. Yeah, like, and- oh, there's a banner up there for an ancient Egypt exhibit and then some woman is like oh do you want to find something even older the egyptian museum is our exhibit is closed but it's in the basement right now i could let you in and he goes infuriated me to me john they were right the- behind her was a dinosaur a bone or skeleton was yeah. right fucking this no i know but that the thing is as soon as that happened i went okay but I get it, because that's just a plaster cast of it. Oh, yeah. That's not the actual bones. You tell me that that particular Natural History Museum, the one in Los Angeles, does not have any fossils for real. That, I is, mean, un- that is unlikely. It's very unlikely. It is super unlikely that there wouldn't be anything older than Egypt. A- ancient Egypt, yes. E- Egypt, we're talking, what, eight to 4,000 years ago, give or take? Dinosaurs, we're talking... 65 to 300 million years ago, give or take. Yeah, I mean, all you need is some actual skeleton somewhere, mm-hmm. some piece of bone. It could be from the the, the cold uh, or the ice ages. For, it doesn't matter. All of that shit's going to be older than some Egypt nonsense. Yeah. But, but yeah, no. The fact that the whole conversation is held in front of a, what I'm pretty sure is an ankylosaurus uh, fossil, is maddening. Oh, yeah. That's the, the main issue with it, is if you hadn't had that in the background uh-huh. where you just like see a dinosaur tail sitting yeah. there and you're like come on <laughs> come on L- dora you're smart enough for this you should you even if you don't get it one of the three people with you should yeah and their whole plan because the three of them of course are forced together because no one likes any of them uh maybe diego had a chance up until that school dance huh. But now the four of them are forced together, and this random woman's like, let me let you downstairs so you can find the Egypt exhibit. And I'm like, okay, number one, that'd be cheating. Like, if you showed up with pictures that the other students couldn't even get, 
Yeah, you're like, here's me in the basement. I got pictures of stuff that isn't on display. Yeah, that'd be like, okay, well, that wasn't fair to the other kids. And second, you could just work with what you got. Like, if Egypt is the oldest thing that's avail- uh, was available and it's not available, find the next oldest thing. Find some Etruscan shit or something. <laughs> work within the rules, you assholes. You, find me something from, I don't know, Assyria. Yeah, that might be older than Egypt, but whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Anyway, they go down into the basement. And there... Oh, no, it turns out that these are mercenaries trying to capture Dora. It's a trap. There's three of them down here. One of them is Tembuera Morrison. (laughs) They shove her into a box that her friends were hiding in and then gas them. Yeah, they get sleep gassed. Django Fett sleep gasses them all. Indeed, he does. Uh Uh-huh. And they wake up in the jungle. In an airplane. Well, in an airplane in the jungle. Yeah. Because we have to set up one of the mini gags for uh, for Sammy as a character, which is that she refuses to believe anything. Yeah. Because uh, Dora looks out the cracks in the, gr- the crate they're in. She's like, we're in an airplane. No, we're not. We're not in an airplane. That makes no sense. Looks out a crack. We're in an airplane. <laughs> Get ready for that joke. I uh, hope you like that joke. I hope you like that one. That's a good one. That's a good joke. <laughs> Let's try spinning. <laughs> uh, uh, so Dora looks out and get spotted and they try and hide but then oh here comes old professor alejandro to save them professor alejandro played by eugenio derbez who's a great actor but honestly just kind of looks like hank azaria wasn't available pretty much yeah i mean that is that is the look but you know i am actually glad that they're like oh no let's let's go with any latinx person instead of Hank Azaria. I always forget what Hank Azaria actually is. He's like Greek or something. Yeah. Yeah. But he, this character looks like, like a Hank Azaria type. But you're not wrong. Using an actual Latinx actor was the right way to go. So <laughs> he rescues them. They run off. And <sighs> this is where the movie really started going, let's say, off the rails for me. Because... They're running away, and it's this professor and the four students, and they're running off. And then fucking Django Fett is like, hey, Swiper, and a basically CGI cartoon fox wearing a Zorro mask, a mask and gloves shows up and speaks in English Mm. and is like, yeah, I'll go get the map. Let me know what you want, boss. I will go and do it for you. And you're like, what the hell? What is this now? What is... What? What? And he runs over and steals the map that Dora has. And... (sighs) So, in the beginning of the film, we see Swiper. And they're like, hey, Swiper, no swiping in the beginning. And then he shows up here. And I'm like, were you just prescient little kids yeah were they prophetic or is any fox with a mask swiper what is happening and is it like a magic mask and in her imagination she remembered the magic mask that she had seen before and it's like a like a frosty the snowman situation like this mask blows through the universe and every once in a while lands in a fox's head and he becomes swiper oh yeah no this is basically like the mask It's the mask. It's the mask, but for animals. <laughs> Except the mask is also the mask for animals. <laughs> so, but yeah, there's this fox, this bipedal, uh, very unusual fox. And you can tell he's very unusual because the voice actor they have for this job is Benicio Del Toro. <laughs> but he like steals the map and she goes, oh no, that fox swiped it like some kind of swiper. 
okay, I, I get. It's almost like he wants to swash and swipe my swindows. <laughs> the The problem I'm having here is you've decided to go all in on a fox that wears gloves and a mask and speaks English, but you can't just have someone be like, hey, no swiping, swiper. They have to react to it in the way that they would if it was a regular fox and that's the problem i have now this movie set up like oh that's not uh that monkey shouldn't have clothes on it's a wild animal we live in the real world anyway here's a talking fox in a mask what the fuck film (laughs) what are you doing it's amazing the film goes full magical realism at this point yes it makes a dramatic switch. It, in the beginning of the movie, it's like, ah, you remember the Dora show, right? Like, well, she, we're not doing that. We, she sings Backpack, the song about a backpack, and the only line in the song is the word backpack. You know, it's Dora. Uh, but we're not doing that. She's all grown up, and everything's real. Also, here's a CGI fox. <laughs> it's so fucking weird and one and it gets even weirder because they get the map back from uh from swiper oh no wait no they don't they don't but they they don't get the map back from swiper but but they escape the 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 mercenaries they they manage to steal a jeep and and drive off into the cornfields or something yeah and uh the professor has her dad's notebook so she's like well we don't have the map but i can at least follow the clues that my dad put in his notebook and here's where it gets the weirdest that it's going to get because uh sammy reacts to the whole situation they were just in where they were like fear running for their lives and being shot at and so on with a break she, she breaks down and is like what the hell just happened that was a talking fox in a mask why would a fox need a mask does he need to remain anonymous for some reason who's gonna recognize a fox which is a great line but no one reacts to it no one else is just going oh yeah there's a fox with a mask yeah obviously it's, it's- a talking fox with a mask that's in the real world yeah the the division between what's something that people will believe and what's something that is people will not believe is so strange to me because there is a point later on in this film where I'm just, I don't care, I'm skipping ahead to something. Dora's feeling very down and she's talking to Boots and throughout this she'll be like, oh, you know, Boots will tell me things and whatever, but it it's always played as her just having a conversation in her mind. Yeah, yeah. And then, with the voice of Danny Trejo, Boots begins to speak to her and tells her about how, like, oh, she can save her parents and she just needs to... It's like, tough out there for a teenager. It's Because right now you're a teenager, and that's a difficult time. And you're like, whoa, what? What do you... Why is, why is the voice of Danny Trejo coming out of this weird CGI monkey? And why does this obviously old monkey have a lot of opinions on teenage times? And then <laughs> he finishes up what he's saying and, you know, her friends come around the corner. She was like, oh, I was just talking to Boots and Boots was talking to me. And they're like, haha, that's crazy. There's no way that could happen. And I'm like, you motherfuckers. Oh, my God. That's crazy, Dora. You, There's no way that could have happened. That's now, not a fox. Now, let's keep escaping from the talking fox. <laughs> it's maddening it's a very unusual decision that i actually kind of respect no the 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 fact that the movie does go basically full magical realism at this point actually had me engaged with it because i'm like okay i can't tell if you're doing this seriously or is there going to be a point where like dora wakes up from this 
and is like, oh, man, I had the weirdest dream while I was in this crate. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so the uh, the dude that's with them, Alejandro, the Alejandro, the professor, is like, yeah, I'm a good friend of your parents. I'm an ancient languages professor. Uh, as it turns out, the only possible way for us to get out of this jungle that has roads and stuff is to go find your parents. We have to. We can't. We, even the two kids who don't want to be here, we have to bring them with us to go find your parents. Yeah. And I mean, at least the two like students that aren't, you know, Dora or Diego are like, oh, uh, isn't there anything else we could do? Are there authorities we can call or whatever? Could we, could we use like a phone or something? And then like Diego or Alejandro's like just like, mocking oh, them. Oh yeah, sure. We will call nine one one and then tell them we're at the corner of the rainforest and the other rainforest. Yeah, it's like no, you're in an airstrip in the jungle. I mean, uh, that, it had a name. It had a name and everything. It was Rico's Aeropuerto. Yeah, fuck you. If there's an airport there, there's enough traffic that you can find something. Yeah. But to be fair, you know, ultimately it turns out that this dude's a bad guy, so he's just he's just bullying them into leading them to all of the treasure. Yes. Oh, oh my no. god, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. Uh, but now they, they go off into the jungle. And at this point we establish the basic tenets of jungle travel, uh, when you're going to an ancient lost city, which is that there are invisible natives that shoot darts at you everywhere you go. Yeah. Well but they never hit you. Because there has to be the lost guardians mm-hmm. of uh, Parapata, and uh, they have to deal with basically anything you would find in a jungle movie. This is basically like Jumanji the teenage years is what this movie is. Pretty much. So, you know, they find quicksand, they get shot at by, by people, they go rolling down a hill in a big log, all of the basic jungle things. Yeah. And I will say this. Some of it, they're like, oh, this is, these are, you know, the native guardians and they've been here and they're to make sure no one finds the lost city. And we're fine with that. And no one really mentions anything about that. No one gets meta about any of the other things they're talking about. But as soon as we get to a point where they get into like this weird aqueduct, uh, the pasty nerd is like, oh, it's a jungle puzzle. I know this from movies. And again, at this point, I got to go. This is where you're going to decide to start saying that this is like a movie mm-hmm. just because there are levels or levers. levers. Yeah. Also, that lever system didn't make any sense. All Every lever in there only made water pour out of one different statue. Yeah. So so it was like, why would you make this system where the levers are internal? It fills the room with deadly water. Yeah. What, what are you doing? That's uh, a weird choice to be like, okay, how do we turn on our aqueduct water system? Well, well so someone's we- got to go stand in the room and drown. Someone has to die if we want to turn on our aqueducts. <laughs> Uh, and this is where fucking our pasty nerd gets to have his shining moment of glory because it turns out 
he can hold his breath for seven minutes because he used to pretend to drown all the time, so he got real good at holding his breath. I think my favorite thing that happens in this in this series of jungle challenges, effectively, is the quicksand part where, where Dora's like, oh, I know how to get, get out of quicksand because I'm fucking Dora the Explorer. Fuck you. <laughs> Everyone lie on your back and then kick your feet so your legs come up and then squish your way back out. And the one dude, the, the adult's like, no, I don't want to. I don't know how to do that. No, that sounds ridiculous. And so, I'm not doing that. And so he disappears, and then... There's there's no tension at all because they just walk around the corner and there's his legs sticking out of a statue or something and they just pull him out and that's the end of that. Yeah. I Now that happens before the aqueduct thing and I thought that was going to be the point where the holding your breath was going to pay off. Oh, right. Where, they were going to like tie a rope around him and he would jump in there after him or something. To his credit, Wally as a character is immediately like, all right, well, Dora may be an annoying weirdo, but she is from the jungle. Yeah, I'm going to do whatever she says. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. She does. I will do whatever. Yeah. He's also the one that never gets mad at her for constantly turning everything into songs, which sets up one of my favorite scenes in the film, which is when the uh, the uptight Ayla, uh, Sammy needs to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And she's got to sing a song about digging a poo hole. Uh-huh. We got to dig a poo hole so you can take a poo here and so on. Uh, they keep using the phrase poo, which is... Which is it, it layers into hilarious. Yeah. Oh, I know what's going on. You have to poo. <laughs> of course I have to poo. I haven't pooed in 48 hours. <laughs> it's uh, it's an interesting choice, and I stand by it. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a, a well-executed scene. And, of course, they get chased by bad guys while she's trying to poo, so she has to pull up her pants and run with them. Yeah, without wiping. And that's... Wiper? <laughs> no wiping. <laughs> that was the point where I was like, oh, I'm out. I can't get into this movie anymore all I can think about is, you got shit on your ass. No, it's okay. She never actually started to poop. She well, was, now it's even worse. She was just starting to get comfortable. Because you were trying to, and she hasn't gone in two days, and then you start running. Ooh, she shit her pants. No, no, you know how it is when you when you haven't pooped in a while because you're constipated, and then it takes a while to get it. You know, you know how that goes. No, I don't. I'm regular. I'm regular like Old Degular. Faithful. <laughs> you could... Get your clock set by my poops. <laughs> well, in any event, uh, she she has to run away. Whether she has, we never resolve whether or not she has loose poop on her butt. <laughs> no one ever resolves it, and that is the great failing of Dora the Explorer. No one ever follows up on the "Have you got shit in your pants?" I mean, if if it makes you feel any better, they more or less immediately fall in the lake at that point. So she at least she gets a butt bath. Yeah. So there's that. There is that. Yes. There's. In case you're worried about that, there's that. Uh, right around this point, they reveal that they have to go through an opera house to make it where they're going. There's like the ruins of an opera house. Yeah, they're like, oh, some European colonists came here and built an opera house in the middle of a jungle where... And then they didn't build anything else near it or anything. And no way to get to it. Yeah, that's just what... Yeah, that's what European colonists do. Yeah, you remember how the Europeans used to just go into the middle of a jungle, build an opera house, and nothing else? Mm-hmm. I mean, it would explain the Opera House's location in Final Fantasy VI. Huh. Uh, Europeans. <laughs> those Europeans. That explains it. Those crazy Europeans from Moblitz. So, uh, uh, yeah, anyway. anyway. They, they find a lady, and the lady's like some local, so she speaks in, in Incan, and they're like, she will take these two home, but not the uh, but, but then yeah, you guys are going on a quest. They're like, oh, uh, if you want to get home... You go this way. If you want to find the city, you go this way. Yeah. And so, of course, the two kids that are just, you know, 
random kids from high school are like, oh, we're going the fuck home, obviously. Yeah. And Diego's like, no, I'll stick with you, Dora. We're, we're going to do this. We'll see it through to the end. Yeah, Dora, I'm going to stick with you based on nothing. Yeah. Because so far, my whole character arc has been, I don't have one. <laughs> I might as well go with you, Dora. See if my character arc is over there with your parents in the Lost City. I mean, he at least did come over and be like, hey, I remember the good times we had, and mm-hmm. I miss the jungle sometimes, and it's, I guess it, that's me. I guess it's not as weird as I initially thought how completely weird you are. Uh, I guess but, I'm happy to be part of your crazy Peter Pan arc, sure. This was the point where I was like, oh, I had already, when he rescued them initially, been like, I feel like this guy's probably a bad guy that's just trying to get them to lead him there. Yes. But- when it came to this point where the like old lady is talking to them and only Dora knows what she's saying, I was like, wait a minute. You said you were a professor of ancient languages and she's speaking ancient Incan and you don't know what she's saying, but Dora does. I call bullshit. I mean, yeah, it was more or less obvious in the moment he cracked open the thing that, that it was bullshit and he was the bad guy of the film. Um, but in any event... But that, that was the moment I was, where I went, yeah. oh, okay, you're not even able to do what you were lying to say you could do i well, get it now in any event the old lady leaves leads the two high school kids to to a boat and she's like get in the boat and leave get in the boat and leave and then they realize that she has an ancient incan tattoo on her wrist and they're like well now we gotta go oh, that's the same symbol yeah. as the little warning fetishes that were up in the trees that yeah are supposed like, to belong to the guardians. It was we were all okay with you being a crazy hermit who lived in the ruins of an opera house in the jungle, but now that you have a tattoo, nope, 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 nope. We gotta go find the other three because they're in danger. Yeah, and the danger is that they get fucking high as balls. Yeah, they find a big field of giant flowers, uh, make their way through without touching them, and then accidentally touch one and get covered with spores. That turn them into the regular Dora cartoon characters. Yes. We get some business with them being cartoon characters for a while. It's great. And then they get rescued by the other two and are brought back to consciousness. This movie is so clockwork that it doesn't feel like anything bad is ever going to happen. Because it's just like, oh, no, we are cartoon characters. What will happen? Oh, we'll wake up because the other two found us. The end. Never mind. Yeah. There's this whole thing where... They, like, have to jump across this ravine, and I get that it's hearkening back to the beginning of the film and Dora's big failure, and they want this to be, like, a moment where it's, oh, yeah, it's it's Dora's inner turmoil, uh-huh. is that she isn't ready for any of this, except the movie is so exceedingly positive and happy about things that there's no point where you're like, oh, yeah, I can definitely feel Dora's pain. Yeah, no, that never comes up. They just wake up in the care of their two friends and keep going. Yes. There's no mention made of the flowers ever again. Uh, Anyway, they they get, at this point, they they, make it to the gates of the city or whatever. They find their way through and then, oh, oops, the daisies, they, they find the parents and then the, it turns out that he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. He's a bad guy all along. He was, and he radios everyone else in, and then he kidnaps everyone, and then the kids get away, but not the parents. Because Boots unties them. Yeah. Then we get to a point where the only way that they can possibly save the parents is that they have to get into Parapata first and then use the treasure as a bargaining chip. Yeah, 
And now we get some Legends of the Hidden Temple shit. We get some more jungle puzzle stuff. Uh huh. They have to do just Indiana Jones nonsense. Yeah, there's like lights on the ground or something. It doesn't matter. The lights on the ground and they correspond to levers. Couldn't be less interesting. Then they get inside. The the the, the whole city looks like it's completely empty, except on the main thoroughfare. There's like flags and other stuff like that would have disappeared in the jungle yes oh def things that would have disintegrated but, long I mean, ago i mean at this point we're fully aware that there are a lot of people living here because of all those lost guardians or whatever yeah but it's, they haven't seen them and yeah. they're like oh wow this ancient city and no one's here i'm like no man that's that is a freshly made banner up there. Like yeah. that has been put up recently. Yeah, there's no. They just they just don't mention these lost guardian people unless there's currently arrows being shot at them. Well, of course not. Why would you mention anything like lost guardians or a talking fox? Yeah, well, that's no, not noteworthy. Notably, Swiper is back in that scene in these scenes as the guardian of the gate. Like they make him stand and w march back and forth in front of the gate, but Dora tricks him into touching a poison frog, so he passes out. Yeah. Um, all right, so they get inside the temple, and they have to solve even more temple puzzles. Yeah, they got a... a bunch get, of shit about the golden ratio. Yeah, there's, they got to shine a light on a thing to open a door, and mm -hmm. then when they get in, they accidentally set off a trap where they've got to, like, they're in forced perspective, so they have to jump over what looks like a very large... Uh, pit, but it's actually small. And then they find the treasure chamber, and of course that's the point where the bad guy kind of walks in from behind them and is like, hello, I did not do any of those puzzles just now. No, I just followed you, and you did all the work for me. And I'm like, yeah, but the room they were in where, like, the, the roof was, was coming down and yeah. there were spikes and everything, the door shut behind them, mm -hmm. and then they slid down and jumped off. We could see behind them that no one was back there. And then the the thing reset itself. How did... Where did you... <laughs> I went through the employees-only door that was very clearly visible right at the beginning. It's... <sighs> it's one of those things where I understand that it is a trope in these types of movies where mm -hmm. you go through all of these ridiculous, heinous traps and then the bad guy just shows up as well. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what the fuck? How did you make it? Don't worry about it. That's pretty much his response. And then they go through the treasure, and it turns out that there's a gold monkey statue there that you have to solve a puzzle with to get, because it's not as much treasure as everyone thought because of the forced perspective thing. It's actually just a little gold monkey and some, like, random bits and pieces here and there. And they have to basically do the last crusade. Yep, it's the last crusade where it's like, oh, you need to put in this monkey's hands the thing that is most treasured and... So it's just a choose wisely scene. Well, Jesus was a humble man. <laughs> this is the cup of a carpenter. <laughs> Carpenters only drink out of wooden cups. The carpenters only drank out of wooden cups. That's that's why they were carpenters. Famously. Yeah. Anyway, in this case, it's what do they, they wrote tusk while drinking out of wooden cups. <laughs> In this case, it's that uh, the Incans, well, what do the Incans value most? And of course, the bad guy's like, I will go first. Gold is what they value most. Obviously, it is gold. Yeah. And here I go. I will put this on the altar. Uh, gold and a done. And they're like, no, you're so stupid. Anyway, it's not gold. And then he falls through a pit in the floor and, and looks like he dies, but he doesn't. Yeah. And that's when a whole bunch of Incan dudes come, come, uh, <laughs> Just trape, traipsing in there. The Lost Guardians come in having the parents with them, mm -hmm. but not the other mercenaries. Yes. 
and also the old lady is there, and then she magics herself into an Incan princess. Uh-huh. Which means that the princess and of no these... one remarks on it. Uh, yeah, no one's even surprised. God damn it! It means that the Incan, the princess of these people, spends most of her time living in a hermitage in a bur- in a burned out uh, uh, even opera house for no reason. Even if they were like, "Oh, the guardians had seen them coming. We set this up so that we could get them to go whatever." Mm-hmm. Even then, she they still would have has had to set up this little like living space within the opera house way ahead of time yes because it's one thing to say oh i'm gonna magic myself to look like an old lady and fool these people it's another to be like oh there's a lived in area right here that someone has clearly been in for a while now if anyone happens to track us through the opera house they'll come across me sitting in there which i will do for days whenever i get the notion that someone might be in our part of the jungle and i will convince half of them to go home by boat (laughs) it's a very weird plan, but sure. Thanks, Magic Lady. Well, the uh, Incan princess is like, well, get them, I guess. And Dora's like, no, wait, hold on. We're not treasure hunters. We're just explorers. We're here to learn. And she's like, oh, well, then why don't you solve the monkey puzzle? She's like, okay. And she wanders around and then picks up a bowl and gets some water out of a thing and puts it in the monkey's hands. The Incans valued water more than anything else. Water is is the most valuable thing because it brings life. And I was like, well, I guess maybe they set that up by talking about how Incans had really good aqueduct systems. I guess. But otherwise, it doesn't feel like a very earned moment. No, it was not a payoff. Yeah. Like, it's not a thing where you're like, oh, we spent a lot of time talking about, like, Incan culture and, like, specifically their agricultural system and like irrigation and whatnot instead it's just her going like well i know that because i'm dora duh fuck you i'm dora and i know everything i was glad that she wasn't just like well the answer's friendship so let's get like three or four of us up in this monkey hands (laughs) Uh, Uh, the ancient incans valued being allowed to live in the jungle and not having to go to high school right dad (laughs) uh so she solves it and then these pillars fall away and there's a giant gold monkey an even bigger gold monkey and they're like yay you have earned the treasure or whatever you have earned the right to see it but then swiper swipes swiper shows up and steals the little gold monkey which then causes the wrath of the incan gods to come down upon them Uh uh-huh and (laughs) no one fucking mentions it i mean again we've made a couple of references to indiana jones and it pretty much works the same way any given indiana jones movie is like serious business serious business serious business the fucking ark of the covenant is real god is real and he is angry i'm sorry well back it up and then by the next movie he's like i've forgotten all about that anyway serious business serious business serious i haven't decided to become a fucking priest because i found out that god is for real no thing i just went right back to school and started teaching shitty first day classes because that's what the beginning of uh, last crusade is yeah for sure so a archaeologist (laughs) don't go on cool adventures a giant storm brews up because the gods are angry, and they have to chase Swiper. I think my favorite part here is just that the Incans just straight up exit stage left even. Oh, yeah, because they the came did- in from the side, yeah. and then as soon as the storm starts, they take the bad guy and are like, peace, we're out. Anyway, yeah. we just leave the uh, through the side entrance. Uh-huh. And all the non-Swiper bad guys 
that aren't also the big bad guy are still just hanging out in the jungle. They disappeared the fuck out of yeah, this Tim movie. Yeah, Tamora Morrison gets no end in this film. He's just not in the end of the... There, there are two other mercenaries as well. Three. And- there's the big black dude named Viper. There's Tamora Morrison. And there's the woman who was yeah, one of John... two other ones aside from him, is what I'm saying. Oh, uh, aside from Tamora Morrison. Yeah. That's fair. There's, I, yeah, I was going to say, there's three total mercenaries still hanging out in the jungle. And one they get one of Jack no Donaghy's girlfriends. Yeah. No business at all. No business. They're just gone. So... They have to chase after Swiper. They finally stop him when they get out of the city. And Dora's like, oh, I know how to fix this. I'm going to take this golden monkey back into the city and put it on the pedestal to Any appease. pedestal. Not the same pedestal. Not the same pedestal. Obviously, I'm not going to go all the way back into the city. But there is a pedestal over there. Yeah. And that will please the gods. Yeah. Now, when she... T- <laughs> When she takes it in and puts it on the pedestal, she has to move it so it's facing the right way like she is in Legends of the Hidden Temple. And then it, like, settles in and, like, a weight pressure sensor goes down, making it seem as if the weather was controlled by an ancient Incan booby trap. Yes. Yeah, I know, because it causes a huge, like, dust storm. And then it, and and then then it the turns clouds, the dust storm off. The clouds disappear. The door closes automatically, and the vines grow over the door in a matter of seconds with a flower bursting up from the center of them. No one mentions this. Well, no, because everyone in the show is a teenager at this point, which means that they're all... At this there point, are two adults here. I know, there's two adults, so they say fucking shit all, because it's Ava Longoria and Michael Pena, and this isn't called the Ava Longoria and Michael Pena movie, it's the Dora movie, so we have to her, see her being like, I knew that was going to happen, because I'm Dora, and nothing ever goes wrong for me. And then Diego and, and Sammy have clearly fallen in love. Yep, and the very end of this is essentially them just going like, oh... Uh, we're gonna go on an adventure dora we're your parents and we love you and uh, this time we think you've earned the right to go exploring with us but I she's don't like want to Ooh, i want to be with my friends send my- me back to high school <sighs> and then the very end of it has a fucking dance scene it's a flash mob they do a flash mob dance scene where these four kids are now super popular um, you know how in every cartoon it ends with a dance musical number? Uh-huh. It's that. It's that, including scenes where they cut off to see what everyone else is up to. Like, so they all have lines in the song. So it's like, hey, what's up with the big bad guy? Well, he's singing along with this song in a jail run by Incans. Yep. Good. Uh, and and the parents are sitting around singing, and they have to stop Swiper from swiping again, because for some reason, they now have the golden monkey statue at their house. Well, they had a golden monkey. I guess. The one that Dora found, I believe. Oh, okay, still. right, right, right. Yeah. Well, Swiper tries to swipe it, and this time they just put the Swiper no swiping. Oh man. Oh man. Um, and then you know our main characters are doing a flash mob style dance number where they're doing the animal dance moves again, but now everyone thinks it's super cool because you know these four characters were gone for a week or two, and when they came back, they had such a strong air of mystery about them that. When people when they start dancing randomly in an event, it's cool now. I mean, I can, I can almost understand that. Like if some students that I had gone to high school with came back and they're like, "Hey, we got kidnapped by mercenaries and then had to go through the jungle." And by the way, I've got this like weird golden monkey or whatever. I'd be like, "Wow, fucking okay, cool." Yeah, like that would be a story. I feel like I'd be like, "Yeah, you're even more of a dork now." Would you, though? Dork. 
Would you? Well, I was super popular in high school, John. I don't know if I can speak for everybody, but I was pretty much the raddest dude in school. Pretty much. I mean, there was no getting around it. Varsity water polo. Oof. I mean, I I was cock of the walk. Rule the school. Mm-hmm. I did. And therefore, it was my job to let dorks know that they were dorks. <sighs> I still can't get over the fact that they find out that magic is real and gods exist, and then she's just like, I want to go to high school. I know. It's it's crazy. Let's have a flash mob dance ending. Yay! <laughs> Everyone's so happy now. Yeah, and it just ends that way. It's the mega happy ending. I do want to say I liked the way they designed her backpack because they never really like focus in on it, but anytime you see it and she's walking away from behind, it does have like a face in it mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's got the face. two like big buttons and its zipper sort of goes up into a smile i mean it turns right back into the talking backpack when they get hit with the cartoon well yeah fungus spores it's like i'm a talking backpack and that's okay and that's totally normal and that's fine <laughs> my mouth is a zipper yeah that was you know okay it was all right yeah but I, mean, I just think you know design wise that was that was good they did a good job on the backpack yeah it was fine so we are pretty much done with the movie now let's go ahead and well you want to talk about the post credits <laughs> you know that post credit scene did you not the, did the you dora not? extended universe did you stay did no. you stay for the post credits of course oh, not oh well you know what maybe i shouldn't say anything then oh my god because uh i don't want to ruin it for oh no uh, yeah. i'm gonna go see it again obviously right obviously, now you're gonna have to go see it again immediately <laughs> to see that mark summers from double dare shows up at the end he's like i'm putting a special initiative together <laughs> man i would no joke love that (laughs) if if, even if it didn't go anywhere like that was just the joke like i would one love that and two be one thousand percent on board with a nickelodeon extended universe a live action well dora wasn't live action um so i guess yeah just a nickelodeon extended universe oh man because at that point you got to look and go, well, what do we put in there? Because you're looking at an, a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen situation, but for Nickelodeon properties. Well, oh, first question, is it Nick Jr.? Because Dora was a Nick Jr. thing and not a Nickelodeon thing. It's any Nickelodeon property. Okay, well, then you're going to need Danny Phantom. See, whereas I'm looking at it like, I want Clarissa there because she'll explain everything. Oh, yeah, definitely. She She's has the- to be in, in charge, but yeah. not on the adventure. Yeah, she doesn't go on the adventure. She's the person who gives everyone their missions. Yeah, she's I like, am Clarissa. oh my God, what are we all doing here? Let me explain it. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Melissa Joan Hart would be on board for a small cameo in that. Melissa Joan Hart would be on board for anything. <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart is on board for work. Yeah, it's not a problem. Uh, I would like the Good Burger Boys. Oh, my God. If you got Keenan and Kelly in there, mm-hmm. ooh, you got me, baby. Yeah, yeah. I want them Good Burger Boys. Uh, I would also like one of, but not all of, the uh, Hey Dude cast. <laughs> Just one uh-huh. to just, ride in at some point. Just Melody. Melody shows up and she's like, the rest of us are dead. <laughs> no one else made it out alive. It was a little wild and a little strange. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have made it out either either if it wasn't for donkey lips. <laughs> the rest of the squad got taken out by man-eating jackrabbits <laughs> or killer cacti. It's true. I managed to pull her to safety. Also, don't ask me what happened at Camp Onawana. Everyone's gone. <laughs> everyone but i will hold it in my heart (laughs) it's sad we had to part (laughs) good god man that really dated us 
very hardcore right then. Yeah. I mean, not I mean that for we... me, all that shit stuff that happened when I was too old for it. If you want me to talk about Nickelodeon, it's going to be a bunch of shit about, like, Pinwheel. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Pinwheel's from, like, the late 70s. Yeah, I'm, I'm lying. like, my dude, you are not that old. I know. I'm, I'm lying. I'm lying through my very teeth. Uh, anyway, give me Bear in the Big Blue House. Let's get him involved. Ew. We have to kill the bear in the Big Blue House. <laughs> oh my god, I want that so bad. Okay, but there was a, tra- a uh, trailer. Did you get the trailer at the beginning for a different Nickelodeon film? Yes, and I can't remember even what it was. Storm Jumpers, starring John Cena. Oh it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those standard movies where a big muscle dude is like. Like, I'm the best of the best of the best at what I do, and what I do is a very manly thing that's very manly and dangerous and manly. Well, now you have to take care of these three kids. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. That was definitely, looking at it, I went, oh, John Cena's trying to follow The Rock's formula. Yeah. He's He's like, I have to do one of these before I can do something else. Yeah. Well, he already is in Fast and Furious 9. Great. Did you not heard that? Good job, Cena. Cena's been cast in Fast 9. You're just really trying to get in on that rock goodwill. I feel like every other wrestler is like, okay, well, this is how Dwayne did it, so... Oh, yeah, there's a formula to follow now. Yeah, there's a path. Dwayne blazed a trail. (laughs) (laughs) But can he take Uh, care of these three kids with attitude? But can he see what... (laughs) Kids and it had like it had like Keegan Michael Key in it. Yep, and it just looked like oh, it's just one of those movies where oh no, hijinks happen, and he has to fall down on his butt. <laughs> and even though he's super manly, can he raise children? A thing that women should do. <laughs> <laughs> I hate those movies. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and give our best and worst. For Dora the Explorer, Jeff, give me the best thing in this movie for you. Uh, the best thing in this movie is Swiper and his swiping. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to fault you for that. He's he's Benicio Del Toro playing a CGI cartoon fox that no one thinks is weird. The moment that he shows up in that movie, I was just like, I don't know what to expect anymore. Mm-hmm. I thought I knew what this movie was, mm-hmm. and you have definitely fucked with it. Yeah, and, and there's the person, because Temora Morrison is... Like some realistic henchman who's like, Swiper, get in there and get their map away from them. And he's like, yeah, I got it, boss. I'll be right back. And, then he's, and that's it. There's no like, oh, by the way, we hired a talking fox to be on our team. Yeah. He's just a member of the team. Uh-huh. Like, it's, he gets a cut. It's like on Team Rocket where they've got the talking Meowth and no one gives a fuck. <laughs> you think that everywhere they went, they'd be like, ooh, we're going to catch a Pikachu. And everybody be like, holy fuck, a talking one? <laughs> holy t- a talking Pokemon? How much for That's, the talking cat one? That is worth more than any Pikachu is worth. Jesus, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, but that, it's the same thing in this where you'd be like, why do you want treasure? You have a talking fox. <laughs> But that's my favorite thing, John. You? Okay. Uh, Outside of that, because you have taken it, uh, I'm going to go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, you can flip me off all you want. I'm going to say probably the best thing in the movie for me is going to be the... I mean, it's along the same lines, but the moment where the old woman is like, and magic and poof, I'm a young Incan princess. And I'm like, no. No, fuck you. You can't just introduce magic at the 11th hour here and have anyone just be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> no one no one remarks on it in the slightest. No, no one is even surprised. They're just like, oh, you're an Incan princess. Why not at this sure. point? Sure. I'm like, no. 
No, <laughs> you can't do this. By the way, as an Incan princess, our whole culture is formed on whether or not little girls can solve puzzles. So do your thing. <laughs> Go ahead. We're not going to talk about like any other aspect of Incan culture here. We loved water, and it's okay if you look at our treasure if you know that. <laughs> uh, I showed you my golden monkey. Respond. <laughs> Yeah, the Incan Princess reveal is hilarious. Oh my god! Yeah, that was both a cool of- actor they had playing that in- that Incan Princess though. Oh yeah, no, it's <laughs> her name's Corianka something or other, and she was super cool looking. It's very interesting, but again, one of those moments in the film where I'm like, you've gone to a place that I did not think you were going to go. Well done, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So, Jeff, the worst thing in this movie for you. Give me one scene. You're right. I mean, normally I'd be going on some long rant about how I hate movies where a teenager has to prove herself by, like, being, I never uh, uh, moved past the mental age of seven. I'm going to teach you all a lesson. I don't like those kinds of films. But my least favorite thing in this movie, uh, it's going to be that that, uh, Diego has no character at all. That's fine. He's got nothing to do, and I don't care for it. (laughs) And he doesn't make any sense. He's Why is he still in high school? Why is he so scared of it? What's happening? I mean, there is definitely a backstory there that mm-hmm. we don't know for what is happening in his life. Yes. Yeah, it's it's weird. It, it, it's, it creeps me out. I don't want to know. I, I, I want to know no more just so I don't have it in my head. What's your <laughs> least favorite thing? Uh, I got to say my... I don't even know if I would say that. I was thinking of... The uh, the scene where they were just getting chased through the jungle and getting arrow shot at them because I was like, I know it felt very is, generic. This is so generic. Yeah, and it doesn't track with the with the uh, the uh, Incans that we see later in the film. No, they're not. They're not all about just killing you for getting near their their stuff. Yeah, they came and like had a conversation, but in here they're like, oh, I guess we'll just shoot near you. Yeah, as a warning. I guess. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't add up. You think they just pop up out of the jungle and be like, this is ours. Get out of here. Uh, but it's it is very it's just because running from darts hitting the walls near you is a, cl- a classic you have movie to. trope. You have to do it. Yeah, you, you're stuck with it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there wasn't a lot in this movie that I was like, I hate this. Mm-hmm. I would say <laughs> I got a small groan out of the dance sequence at the end because I was just like, why? Why does every kid's movie need to end with everyone dancing? I think just studies show that kids like that. Yeah, they're like, oh, what is this, some film for kids? Kids love it when at the end every character gets together and dances. And given that our our listener base consistently sends us to kid movies thinking it'll be hilarious, we've seen this a lot. Yeah. We saw this at Angry Birds' ending as well, where it was just like, I don't know how to end this. Dance party. Anyway, uh, here you go. Look, we're going to play a a song that I'm pretty sure has been the dance party at the end of another movie already. (laughs) And we're going to show everyone dancing, uh, including the pigs who just lost. Yeah. Don't, Don't worry about it. It was all just stupid it's a weird thing and i i mean i guess it must test well but i just don't understand it it has to test well that's the only possible explanation for it but they do a big dance party where they all sing about their experiences including poor sammy having to be like everyone saw me do a poo (laughs) yep yeah that was bad anyway let's let's go ahead and we're each going to give this film a score from zero to five gives it a score out of ten jeff i don't know like a three or something i wasn't like 
I'm not the, the target audience for this, and I think it's perfectly aimed at its target audience, which I'm still not sure what is, but it felt like it was perfectly aimed at someone. <laughs> someone like that. So I'm going to give it a three, which is, you know, it's competently made, but I don't care about any of it, and I wish it didn't exist anyway. Okay. That's my three. How about you? Uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half just because I kept just being astounded at what was going on on screen. There's a lot of goggling of the eyes. There's There's a lot of... What? Why? How? Mm-hmm. How is no one referencing this? What is going on? Well, notably, by the end of the film, Swiper has become the villain for Dora in general and is trying to steal stuff from her parents, but has also adopted the Swiper rule that if you tell him no swiping, he must stop swiping. Yeah, it's <laughs> it is a movie that just it wormed its way into my brain and it makes me not so much angry as confounded but it's that level of confounding nonsense that makes me give it a three and a half fair enough man that's a six and a half out of ten there you go a pretty decent score decent enough for government work yeah yeah there you have it that's uh that's what happens when you send us to a a kids movie that was me relatively competent that was meat that was meager and and meek (laughs) and it will inherit the earth Mm mm-hmm uh, thank you so much for joining us on our journey. Of course, as always, if you want to vote on what we see in theaters next, you can go to our website, systemmasterypodcast.com, go to the Movie Mastery tab and click on In Theaters Now. That'll take you to our poll, and you can vote on what we see for next month. And if you like what you hear, you like what we do here, you want to support us, you can go to Patreon, go to patreon.com slash system mastery and support us at any level, any level at all. Anything helps. And of course, we have bonus content for a bunch of our other shows. You've got monthly shows you can get in on. And if you join us on our discord, uh, which you can find by going to system mastery on Twitter, you can join us and any supporters get access to supporter only rooms. Heck yeah. And there are even tiers and levels for that as well. Also true. So true. So thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back in another couple of weeks with more Movie Mastery. And until then, I've been Elan Sleesbogiano. And fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>